Rookies of the Year. Are some teams able to do a better job managing rookies than others? We're going to talk about that. Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon. And we love talking about baseball. Episode 204 we did was about Rookies of the Year, and, and I want to be sure that we keep this different because when I... Right, that, that was much more about looking at Rookie of the Year as sort of a predictor for career success. And generally, if you run Rookie of the Year, you're going to go on to have a pretty good career. Right, we talk about the flame outs and sometimes right. it doesn't work. Uh, but what it made me also think is, how about some teams? We talked about the Dodgers having the 18 Rookies of the Year since the, the award. It's now called the Jackie Robinson Award um, in 1947. That is the Jackie Robinson Rookie of the Year Award. Okay. Um, anyway, um, the, the Dodgers have had 18 in the 76 years. And it made me think, because we, we'll talk about some of the years that they did that in the consecutive years. And so it made me think, maybe the Dodgers are just good at being able to manage rookies and, and, and handle them. Are they better than other teams? I think on some level you you kind of have to be just because winning that many is not easy. Otherwise, like because it's like the same way the Yankees have won twenty six World Championships, so clearly they were doing something right that other teams weren't. Even though you probably wouldn't look at you know if you really think about it, there's probably not anything actually specific that they're doing that's leading them to that success. They just got the right guys the same way the Yankees got the right guys. But when the Dodgers won, they won four in a row in the uh, from the late seventies through the eighties, and then they won five in a row in the mid nineties. And and does that do you think the voters become sort of biased towards the Dodgers because well they had good rookies last year? We should pay attention to Dodger rookies. I think when you're in the midst of a five year streak, that's actually probably a bit more. Because think about it: once you get that third one. Once you go into the fourth season, everybody's going to be talking about the Dodgers have been won three rookies of the year in the row. Who is this year's breakout Dodger? Like everybody's already primed and thinking about it. So you're going to be giving Dodger rookies slightly more deference in your coverage and attention than you would other teams rookies. Now, that, that, that doesn't mean that they didn't actually win the award because they did. But I, I think there is a level of bias that would start to creep in when you're in the middle of a streak like that. Well, when the Dodgers started winning the awards, and, and I know you, you have a, a, a sort of a feeling about this, uh, Jackie Robinson won the first. That's why it's called the Jackie Robinson Award. Don Newcomb won the uh, one in 49 two years later. Joe Black won in 52. And Jim Gilliam in 53. All of these were former Negro League players, right, who weren't raw rookies like a 21-year-old when they came into the major leagues because they weren't allowed to play. Right. <laughs> and, I, and I think that actually for me is one of like the key differences in that, in that like – they weren't in the major leagues because they literally weren't allowed to be. So I, I'm, I think it's more interesting. I think that is a circumstance where rookie makes a little bit more sense. I think for me, the tougher one is when you get like international guys now. Like you have Hideo Nomo coming over and winning, I think, in 95 for the Dodgers. And it's like this guy was a proven commodity in Japan. Ichiro came over and won, I think, in 03 for, for the Mariners. And it's just like... He was a superstar in Japan. Are we really going to say he's on the same rookie track that the 19-year-old kid is? No, but I, I think it's – it's um, they're introduced to Major League Baseball. And, and after the World Baseball Classic, the Japanese obviously right now think they're number one in the world and they have those bragging rights. Uh, again, it's the, kind of the, it's the kind of thing, especially when you look at the WBC that just sport, speaks to the American-centric viewpoint of the Major League Baseball. Because basically what you're saying is, yeah, all that stuff in the uh, NBP – 
doesn't really count. You're just a rookie because you haven't played real baseball yet. Uh, again, but it, would it not be would it be fair to say? I'm sorry, you played. Would we get to a point or so to where you played in the professional leagues in Japan or Korea and any other accredited league, at least from the major league baseball standpoint, saying, "Sorry, you're not a rookie because you played, you know, in in this professional league and and you're not a rookie anymore. You're a professional baseball yeah, player." I think that's totally fine. Like, what what is it like? Like, it's not like the guy's not eligible for any other award. He just can't win an award where he's a essentially got a giant leg up on the rest of his competition. And that would be a big change if they uh, decided to do that. Just like, think about this. If, like, Jordan Alvarez comes out in his first season, a known commodity, and, and like, like, he was somebody that really hadn't played that much. Like, like, he was known, but he was an exciting thing to think. Imagine if he's up against, like, uh, the, the, what's the pitcher's name? The, the hitter's name, the other hitter on the Japanese team, Murakami? Yes. Like, imagine if he came over next season and he's up against, you know, the great Gunnar Henderson, the Orioles shortstop, because he doesn't make it up this year for whatever reason. And it's just like, hmm, there's something about that that just doesn't feel right to me. I remember when, when Nomo won the award in 95 and those thoughts came out going like, like well, this guy's like uh, one of the best pitchers in Japan. Like he wins the rookie of the year. And thought, well, he never pitched in Major League Baseball before. I, I guess he's a rookie. Uh, I, 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 there's something else almost patronizing about that thought process like, i think he would be happy to for the the accolades he, and the fact that we're still talking about a day on nomo like, 30 uh, almost 30 years later players don't have a right to be happy about winning that award i, I just think it's oh you're you're competing on unequal scales at that point to me so so the dodgers when they won their their four in the late 79 80 81 and 82 what's interesting is sutcliffe steve howe fernando valenzuela all pitchers Three pitchers in a row. So you must have had, by that time, a pretty good team. And, of course, the Dodgers won the World Series in 1981. So isn't that kind of interesting? That, that... And certainly, I think if you look at the history of uh, of Rookie of the Year awards, being on a good team definitely helps. Being part of good franchises. Look at all the franchises that have tons of, of, of Rookies of the Year. You know what they also have a lot of? Tons of World Series. Well, and, and the Yankees would be one of those teams, right? So, you know, they've had uh, only nine rookies of the year. They're second. Comparatively, they're second. Um, still pretty good in, in 75 years. It's about one every eight or so years. Um, and But names that I would think you're not that familiar with, so it's interesting how they kind of fade because these guys, all in the Gil McDougald and Bob Grimm, Tony Kubek, who is probably no more as an announcer than he was a player by a lot of people, uh, and Tom Tresh, who had a nice rookie year when the Yankees won the World Series in 62, uh, the, the, but kind of fizzled are, out think, after that. Do we discuss those guys when we did the original? I, I don't remember any of them as being like actual players, like in terms of like <laughs> career or something. Like, none of those guys are discussed in the Yankee Hall of Fame. But but then you know then they had Thurman Munson and Rigetti. Uh, these are names that we do know: Derek Jeter and Aaron Judge. Right. You know. So you know. But that's there's no pattern there, right? That sort of sets up. Well, the Yankees are good or bad. And and when you're a good team, when the Yankees have the best record of any team all time, um, chances are you're not getting great draft picks. And some of that would factor into whether or not you get the kind of player that could win right. the Rookie of the exactly. Year. Exactly. Sometimes the number one pick really is a slam dunk. Right, right. But a lot of times um, the number one picks are at the Rookie of the Year. In fact, most of the time that's the case. It's not. Um, and, and so I, I think teams like the Yankees um, and, and the Braves, which have had a, a bunch, they don't sort of plug together a bunch of years in a row. Um, you know, the, the, they have a, a Rookie of the Year and then maybe you know, a few years will go by and they'll have another one. So I can't draw any conclusions going, well, are they good, bad, or probably I mean, I indifferent? Would, I think that would probably – the fact that you're – I think if you have any – I think if you're within a certain year band of them. So the Bra the Yankees and the Braves win one about every eight years. 
that's pretty good for player development. That means you're bringing up one really excellent player every eight or so years. Most teams really can't sit. Now, the other thing is, that's just for a rookie season. If a team brings up a guy in his first year and he's okay his rookie season, and then he's barn, you know, barn burner his second season, the team still did a really good job developing that player. It just didn't win rookie of the year. Is it any coincidence that the top five teams, uh, the Dodgers, Yankees, Braves, A's, and Reds, in terms of having the most rookies of the year, all have a pretty solid history in the time since the Rookie of the Year award began in 1947 from the standpoint of being winning franchises? I, I think that has a lot to do with, because also it's about the environment you're bringing in. Yes, teams that are bad tend to get a lot more of the high draft picks, so you get access to the, the, the top prospects. But the prospects that the teams like the Braves and the A's and the Dodgers are drafting, they're going into teams with good environments and success. And that has a lot for helping build up kids too. And and the Orioles, by the way, are right there um, with you know six or seven uh, of their own Rookie of the Year. But again, nothing sort of grouped um, where they had a bunch in a row. There is also another good factor. Because when we look at all the teams that are towards the top, all of the teams that are towards the top are original franchises until you get down to the Mets. Right, and in and, and that they were more established when the Rookie of the they Year started. They were around in 1947. That is true. So, so it makes sense. Teams that were around the longest would have the most time. Better it's, scouting systems, better organizational. They just also have more time to win the award. Well, no, everybody started the same year in 47, except for the, the Mets and the, the expansion, expansion teams, teams like the Astros. Right, they'll, they'll, so they'll have fewer because they've had fewer years. That's, so it's, uh, it shouldn't be as surprising to us that the teams that are on top are all these storied franchises just because they've had more shots to win them. <laughs> and another thing happens, uh, and we saw it happen last year to a certain degree uh, with the Braves, right? So Michael Harris won the Rookie of the Year award, um, and he beat out his teammate, mm -hmm. Spencer Strider. So that's happened a number of times where if you have a good young team and you bring up a couple of rookies and they can kind of cancel each other out sometimes in the case last year that didn't happen where right. one of them it, won it it also depends just on the year sometimes you know you i, I think we use this in our lot and back in 204 but we had bobby crosby who won it with the a's not that bobby crosby was a bad player but when you look at his rookie of the year campaign it's pretty unremarkable right it was about more about the other guys that didn't it was just that nobody there was really no great rookies of the year so that can happen too sometimes the guy kind of just stumbles into winning the award because he was the best of what was available to pick so anomalies might be that, you know, the Diamondbacks are the only team that hasn't won a Rookie of the Year, and they have Corbin Carroll this year, so that might change. That might change you know, that, yeah. would, that would be nice. But the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are obviously an original franchise, uh, they've only got one Rookie of the Year. Right. To me, that's a sign of something, because unlike the teams that are around them, the Rockies, the Rangers, the Blue Jays, the Padres, the only team that's kind of similar to them in terms of length of being around is the Brewers. Right, right, and and that Brewers team came uh, came out. In, let's see, the Brewers. Well, they were a uh, an expansion team, so actually they don't go all the way back. Mm -hmm. So that that's not the case. So then that would leave the only other teams I'm looking and I'm seeing here would the Phillies. Right, the Phillies would the, be the, the Phillies, the the oldest team, and they only have four, and the Indians, and who so, only have five, along with the. So that's Tigers. a little odd, considering they go back that far back. Right. So the Pirates are the real anomaly the there. Pirates. Yeah, Barry me, Bonds never won a a, a, a Rookie of the Year and award. It's not like the Pirates have not had fabulous players throughout their time. So I, I think it's interesting to me what, what that's it could also what this award could also show is the developmental preferences of franchises. Maybe the Pirates just don't like bringing up 
their best players too quickly or giving them a full rookie season like well, that. Well, they kind of did that with Cabrian Hayes a little bit. And they've kind of done it with O'Neal Cruz now, but they might be changing that. That could be a reason why they're not putting up some of the same rookie of the year numbers if they never kind of let the guys off the chain for a full year, like maybe the Dodgers do. And, and some of that's changing. And we saw on the Mets side with Pete Alonso when they brought him up uh, in his rookie year, instead of holding him down that extra month and a half so they had another year of team control, the bold move by then general manager Brody Van Wegenen was to bring Pete up uh, in, in, in April. And he had the rookie of the year, hit the 53 home runs, and the Mets are better for it oh, yeah. by not getting an extra year of control. Uh, you would have given up a lot of home runs and a lot of excitement had you gone that mm-hmm. way. So that's changing. And, and I, I think it's interesting because you look at some, like you look at a team like like the Reds, right, who have won a bunch of them. But when you look at the guys that have won them for them, they really run the gamut in terms of what your career, you know, the career result was. Because, like, their very first winner was Frank Robinson, and uh, he was a pretty good ball player. Yeah, yeah, Hall of Fame ball player, right. as was Pete Rose. Who, Pete Rose, yeah. Uh, then the next guy, Tommy Helms. Tommy Helms was a, was a good ball player, but you would not – he didn't, didn't make uh, the championship unfo- team in 75. So uh, Unfortunately for him, the other – the first four winners for the Reds, the other guy he shares it with is Johnny Bench. So when when three of the first four that win him are slam dunk first ballot Hall of Famers, and then you're Tommy Helms, who was a good major league baseball player, kind of the odd one. Surrounded by Hall of Famers. Right. And then you got Pat Zachary. Yeah, he was traded for Tom Seaver, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how'd that work out? Chris Sabo. Chris Sabo, yeah. Good good ball player. Scott Williamson. Yeah, that surprised me because Scott Williams, like I remember his name as a pitcher for the for the Reds. He won that rookie of the year award. Okay. And, and that just, might have been one of those Bobby Crosby ones. I, I and then look. Jonathan India, who had a very good 2021, not quite as good as 2022. Right, right. And so, you know, the the Reds, you know, I, I, again, nothing grouped in there with them either, right? So they they kind of they had 63 and 60, 66. That's about as close as 68. So they had three rookies, and and, and 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 then they won the World Series in back-to-back years in the mid-70s. Hmm. So, you know, Johnny Bench was a big part of that. Pete uh, Rose was a big part uh, of that. Let's look, at, let's look at another team with the Oakland Athletics. Let's see, you have Jose Canseco in 86, Mark McGuire in 87, and Walt Weiss in 88. Didn't they win a World Series? They did indeed. Hmm. So, so they and, – and they only won the one. They probably should have won the two. Right. You know, at that point. Actually, they won in 88 and 89. Oh, no, the Dodgers won in 88, and they, they beat the A's. And then the A's won the, free, the Freeway Series in 1989. Um, so I, I think what you're telling me here is that you don't think that there's a correlation that franchises, if, if you're a rookie, right, and you're in an organization going, oh, these guys really handle rookies. Well, I, probably all the organizations at this point are pretty good at handling rookies. You'd be more excited to be going, I want to go to a good franchise. Now, good franchises. With handle, a place for me to play. Right. A good for, <laughs> The thing is, good franchises handle rookies well for the most part. It's kind of part and parcel. If you're a good franchise, you're probably going to handle rookies well. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It just makes sense when you think about it. So, I mean, I'm not as surprised by this list. I I think the interesting thing, though, is that you see so many guys like back to backs for teams all over the place. You know, that, you know, the Mariners won in 01 and 02, in 2000 and 2001. You know, the the Mets. And they had a great team in 2001. The Mets win 116 games in 84. Right. That's Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden, by the way. Right. Right. Pretty, pretty, you know. Mariners. And then the Mets won in 86. So it's kind of interesting when you see the timing of you have a couple of rookies in a short amount of time. Your team should be good sh- right. shortly thereafter. Look at the Marlins. They won in 08, 11, and 13. And they got a World Series in that time frame. 
the Marlins. Yeah, they won in uh, no, they no, that was in that's they won in '03. They won in they won they won in '03 in '97 and '03. Yeah, yeah. So that that and and it's interesting that they had they seem to mismanage their young players. You remember, you know, they had an outfield with Giancarlo Stanton, uh, Ozuna, and Christian Yelich, none of whom play for the Marlins anymore. I'm pretty sure they're happy about the Ozuna one at this point. They, by by now they did. So um, before we we talk about this year's rookies, because um, I think it's what I I wanted to talk to you something that, that I pulled out. So I started thinking about, you know, career things and who, you know, these, these rookies uh, that had rookie of the year campaigns. And, and I noticed that there's only 56 players that have 1500 RBIs. And it started me thinking, like, okay, so let me see about these, you know, those players. I was thinking about Goldschmidt. Did he win the rookie of the year? No. Um, he did not, obviously, because he was with Arizona. They don't have any, but you know, where is he right now? And he's got a thousand RBIs. And so, you know, he's, he's got a chance to drive in obviously a few hundred more runs. We're not sure how many is, so if he got the 1500 would that be a ticket to cooperstown and when i looked at the numbers it is it, you, 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 i mean it's pretty close but there's not many guys i can imagine that aren't in the hall of fame that have that many so only 56 players all time have 1500 rbis mm-hmm. um and and only a few of them are not in the hall of fame um and the steroid uh guys right bonds a ride palmero sosa and manny ramirez mm-hmm. so those guys you know all have more than that would be in the hall of fame were it not for that other right stuff. okay and then guys we talk about hall of fame wise uh, that that are going to go into the hall of fame adrian beltre yeah albert pujos yeah and miguel cabrera all three guys pro- those guys are at least in. two of those guys are guaranteed first ballot guys and i think bill trey will probably be so too. there's only two other guys i know we're talking about rookies but this is just kind of interesting for a rookie to think about okay this is what i should be shooting for maybe not the 500 home runs or something like that mm-hmm. jeff count and carlos delgado and and i was surprised actually delgado surprised me maybe kent too right i'm surprised kent i'm more surprised by kent having 1500 rbis than delgado I mean, so, so to me, that raises Jeff Kent's Hall of Fame worthiness in my my, my eyes a lot. Right. Um, and the same thing with Delgado, who I thought was a borderline guy in, in our bigger Hall of Fame. Well, right, right. Delgado would be the kind of guy that would be the headliner at the Hall of Fame. 475 runs, 1,500 RBS. What do you want me to do? One more great <laughs> career average. Yeah, exactly. So a feared hitter for a long time. So I just thought that was very interesting. So let's talk about um, this year's rookie crop. And we mentioned Corbin Carroll already, who's 22 years old and and. Boy, the Diamondbacks really could, you know, use that kind of energy from a young player because even though they're sort of a team on the rise, this is the kind of thing to give them a real, you mm-hmm. know, uh, shot in the uh, shot in the arm as a franchise. But, I mean, I think there's, I think the, the guy that everybody's kind of at least predicting to win the AL one is Gunnar Henderson, the rookie, the the Orioles rookie shortstop. Now, is he playing in the major leagues yet or not? Is he still? Because they, I, think I, he I, is. I don't think they. I want to say he is. Let me double check though. And, and then so the the. Um, the rookies stipulation still have you uh, having, I think, 130 at bats. You you, ha- you can only be up for a certain amount in the season. Uh, I think uh, uh, 40, 40 games is too many. Um, let me see. Make, make get this. He's I don't know how many games the Orioles play, but he's gotten five at bats so far this year. Okay, so he's so he's in the major leagues, right? Yeah, is, he's is, just over five. Is the point? Um, so. Uh, you can you can play like Brett Beatty for the Mets did right. last year a little bit, but he's still eligible as a rookie. So some of the guys that might be rookie the your candidates might not even be in the major leagues right now. Right, exactly. Guys can still come up. You know, the question is generally you have to come to come up before midseason. Oh yeah, unless you have some kind of otherworldly second half performance. 
So I, I think guys will probably be up by May if they're going to have a shot to win the world, the, the rookie of the year this year. And they're not, like we said before, they're not holding guys down quite as much. So Henderson is definitely a candidate. There's a, a, another guy on his team, Grayson Rodriguez, um, as a pitcher who's also thought of as a candidate for rookie. Right. It is really come up in time this year because as a pitcher, they might hold him down for longer. And and we Met fans got a chance to watch here on Sunday the uh, first start of rookie Code Code Isenga. I mean, if he pitches like he did from the second inning onward, he could win the rookie of the year. Right, he's thirty years old. So to your point, you know, he's had great success in the Japanese league. He doesn't pitch like a rookie. He's pitched in international competition. So you would think he has a leg up on the competition, literally, because of that experience more than anything else. Um, If I hear anybody else talk about Jordan Walker as being the you know the next coming this particular year, he's you know you know torn up in spring training. He's bad for the kid. There's so much pressure on him already to be a big part of that cardinals lineup um miguel vargas uh for the dodgers right they they lost uh gavin lux and so they bring in miguel rojas from the and, they, and they're going to need him to perform because muncie went down with an injury the other day too. right right we so, don't know how long he's going to be out but you know a guy like that now he's really which can also really help your rookie of the year campaign if you're the type of guy that's thrust into a big spot for your team and then you perform well, that almost adds to your legend than if you were just a rookie performing well on another team. Right. It helps if your team is good. You're like Jeremy Pena last right. year. Now, he, he didn't win the rookie of the year because uh, Rodriguez run won from uh, the Mariners. Right. Uh, I, I don't think Pena came up. Right. Uh, yeah, no, he was a rookie last year. But, but I don't know if he was up as much as Julio Rodriguez. Uh, I think he, played, he was the shortstop that replaced Correa. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. He might have been. Yeah. So anyway, I, you know, given the fact that the Astros won the World Series, the, the Rookie of the Year award, of course, is only based on the regular season. Right. So what he does after, even though it's kind of silly in a way, because if you succeed even after the season, it's your fault. Your team was good. You made it to the playoffs and you excelled in the playoffs. Eh, it's a regular season award. <laughs> um, Andrew Painter of the Phillies got injured. So that really hurts them a little bit. We, we don't know what we're going to see from him. Under Brown just, is also is, is the new Justin just, Verlander. Yeah, it looks exactly like him when he's pitching. We'll see what he does. The Angels have um, a, a Logan O'Hop at the catcher position. Max Stassi is the incumbent, but uh, I'm sure the Angels will, will look for, you know, to, to trade Max Stassi in a moment if this this kid turns out to be something because they need more assets. Um, the Yankees shortstop, and then that's always been a big thing to be the, the starting shortstop for the Yankees, a rookie, right? The last guy to become the rookie shortstop of the Yankees is a guy who's in the Hall of Fame yeah. now. I kind of feel bad for uh IKF, though, because he, he was talking about today, there was a quote for him where he said he realized he was out of the shortstop position when uh, he committed an error behind Garrett Cole and then didn't play shortstop again. <laughs> and so, <it's> like, <laughs> so he's like, uh, can I go to the outfield, uh, Aaron? <laughs> well, I, I want to play still. <laughs> he did, he, he's not the guy that's following Jeter, at least. We, we know what happened. Uh. <laughs> it it helped. I, I think that's something that's tough when you follow a guy on your team. It would be really rough to be a Mets rookie pitcher this season that isn't Kodai Senga. Right, you were the guy. Come, you were the the chosen one to replace Degrom. Luckily, I don't think Justin Verlander even thinks like that because he's Justin Verlander. <laughs> There's nobody replacing but himself. The uh, Red Sox uh, and and boy, they they could use some help. Uh, Tristan Casas at first base. I think they have high hopes for him. Uh, make having a great season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oscar uh, Colas of the White Sox. Uh, outfielder, um, yeah. Jace Jung of the Rangers. There and there, because if, if he's, he's off to a quick start, yeah, and if he's good for them, that Ranger team could be a dark horse out of that AL. Yeah, I saw a lot of people picking them a lot higher than we did. That's right. for sure. Uh, that, that's a team where if, if, if it all goes right for them, they could be a scary team. Now, 
Well, as long as that bum DeGrom doesn't throw another right. stinker. Uh, <laughs> and, and actually pitches most of the season. <laughs> and not like that. And the Yankees have another rookie who's, I guess, supposed to be the keystone combination with, uh, with Volpe, uh, Oswaldo Peraza. They've uh, been holding on to him for, like, forever, it feels like. He's been, like, rumored to be coming up to the major leagues. Like I've heard of They're going to be the keystone combination for the next 10 years. Sort of like uh, Jimenez and, uh, Rosario. And, and, and Ahmed Rosario. One of those worked out really well. Mm. Well, I think Rosario's playing short again this is year. He's for back to playing yeah, short. Yeah, yeah. So that's the, double, is a player that's the double play combination uh, yeah. there. So, um, you know, I think uh, this is going to be an exciting you know season to watch these these rookies and see how they do. Um, the the experience they have with the pitch clock, interestingly enough, in the minor leagues might serve them a little bit better because they've already played a whole season with the pitch clock. They're going to be used to it more so than some of the other older guys in the majors. So they'll at least have that as they get used to the new major league pitch. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Follow us on Twitter at Almost Cooper.